What's up everybody, this is Mitchell. I'm currently in Dodge City, Kansas, making it through this self-isolation. Miss everybody a whole lot. Can't wait to be back in the Bluemont community. Uh, God has really been teaching me about understanding his word more, uh, getting really intentional with just him uh, and understanding just the root of the blood. And so how grateful we are that Jesus died for us. So I'm really enjoying resting up and getting in the word and spending time with my family. So I hope you all are too. See you in a couple weeks, hopefully. God bless. Well, I hope everyone's doing well. I know I miss you all. If ever I want to chat with you guys, you know, just contact me through Zoom. According to Philippians 4 6, you know, we're about anything. So pray about everything. Alright, well, thanks for listening to Blue Lot and have a great Sunday. Sorry, we had a little technical issue with the music, so we're going to try to come back with that at the end again. Um, but for us here in our studio, it was really a powerful time of worship. <laughs> it sounded great to us. So. Yeah, trust you could feel that if you were watching. Yes, the presence of God was still moving, even if you didn't hear it. That's right. But we have a really exciting, really relevant topic today. We're talking about how to, talk, how to walk together. We're beginning our I Want to Know uh, theme for the next few weeks and looking at how to walk together and really the the weirdness of social distancing <laughs> has made it very clear that how just how deeply important interpersonal relationships are for all of us mm -hmm. and I've heard some social commentators or one in particular talk about that it's really shown that our biggest need despite our American thoughts is it's not for independence and freedom it's for connection with people right and it's such a weird time because it seems like we're at extremes like we're realizing we desperately need people but then in tight quarters with the people we're with I don't want to be with you anymore so Wait, what are you like saying? the pendulum is swinging and I don't know where I'm at it's like I'm really lonely or I'm really irritated right so it's it's tough it's tough it's either very way tough. and we do really want to encourage uh, the questions for those of you who are watching right now live. I know a lot of people are tuning in later, which is really cool. But if you're live, um, bring in any questions and not only questions, but we want this to be a time, um, just as the Bible, the Bible talks about in first Corinthians 14, that when we come together, each one of us brings something. And so as we're talking about walking together and if there are thoughts or things God showed you or showing you, about the most important things about walking together, go ahead and share those and, and word of encouragement in the comments as well. And let's let's be the church together here this morning. Um, and also, just a, so along with that, um, we're going to have a couple call-in guests that are going to be really cool, really a lot of good insights. Mm -hmm. uh, Himaloya and, and Coach Buddy Wyatt from the K State football team. And I also wanted to say there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of good info this morning. So I'd encourage you to take notes and really trust God to speak to you during our time together. So the Bible talks a lot about interpersonal relationships and walking together. Um, you want to read us sure. a familiar passage, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes 4 says, 
Two are better than one because they get a good return for their effort. For if they fall, the one will lift up his companion. But oi to the one who falls and has no one to lift him up. Yeah, we're using the Tree of Life version here, which is kind of a little uh, Jewish flavor. So, oi, we thought Kasher, that like, were the oy. best. No, don't do it. Furthermore, if two lie together, then they will be warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though a man might overpower one, two can stand against him. Moreover, a threefold cord cannot be quickly broken. So, I love this verse. I love how, you know, our theme is walking together. And a lot of times we want this. We want the connection. We want the support of each other and the security of each other. But, geez, it's kind of hard to do that right now. At yeah. least it has been for us. Yeah, I know. Maybe you you're keep, doing great. Reagan keeps talking about this. So, obviously, the culprit's right here <laughs> in our house. But we've been working through some stuff, putting this into practice. Yeah. But also, walking together isn't just uh, an amenity or a luxury. It's really a necessity. It's something we deeply need. And the bigger the crisis, the more, the more true that is. And we heard our friend Dennis Peacock was talking over this past week. And he said this. He said um, that we need, during this time, we need to be digging into our God-ordained relationships like never before. We need to be digging into our God-ordained relationships like never before. We can make it. But I cannot make it without the people God has called me to walk with, and neither can you. And that's so true. You know, this is the time for us to see who are the people God's put in my life and really dig into those relationships and realizing I can't make it on my mm -hmm. own, but we, with the people I'm supposed to be walking with, we can. All right. So the question is, so how do we do that? How do we choose to uh -huh. walk with each other and interact with each other? So we've got couple of people again who are going to help us know how to walk together mm -hmm. so we look forward to hearing from, from them so yeah but it's really important you know this has a whole lot to do for how what we invest in our relationships and the difficult thing about relationships is it involves people involves relationships you. would be great yeah if it wasn't for actual people we had to have relationships with yeah it's it sounds so great until we get annoyed with each other. Right. And it's always the other person that yes. makes relationships difficult. It's always your problem. It's always, yeah, it's always that person yes. that makes it tough. Yes. It never seems like, like I'm the problem. It's never me. <laughs> yeah. I am perfectly fine and I'm doing great. The other person has issues. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're speaking everybody's language here. And I, I go back to the, just the brilliant wisdom that a lot of us heard in our childhood that to have a friend be a friend. And we live in a culture that really is very lonely. Um, interestingly, even before the COVID-19 thing hit, we were going out and doing this survey called Manhattan Wants to Know that was kind of the impetus for this, this theme right now. And we're asking people, what are your biggest needs? What do you want to know? And the biggest need that came up was loneliness and meaningful relationships. And that was before COVID-19 mm -hmm. hit. It's even, even more true now. Um, but the, but the reality, okay, how am, what am I bringing into relationships to be a friend and bring that about? And the Bible says this really powerfully in Romans 12, 18. If, if there's going to be, you know, this is, this is a, a verse really, I hope sticks with all of us today. And Paul's writing and he says that if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, 
Live at peace with everyone. How do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> well, just do it, right? Do it. It's insane. Whatever, whatever, whatever you can do, live at peace. And I love that that peace is not what we often think of it as. It's not the avoidance. I of think conflict. of like peace, you know, hippie sort of stuff. Right. Like, and it's kind of like I'll do my thing, you do your thing. We don't really like have to. We'll tolerate each other. Yes. But biblical peace, God's idea of peace, is always not the avoidance of conflict, but it's being a peacemaker. It's a wholeness relationally and an integrity of us being truly who we are, but truly who we are together and working through things to get to that place. Right. There's more having to interact with each other and less avoidance. And I'm really good at avoiding conflict. I want to run and hide. But peace is more like I have to show up. I have to be whole and then help our relationship be whole. And that takes a lot more work and effort. And really the grace of God, the love of God, his ability to do this. Because on our own, like, I don't have what it takes mm -hmm. to come don't. whole, come full of like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but it is, it's always putting it back on us. As far as it depends on me, live at peace with everybody. What am I doing in this situation? So we're going to hear um, next from our friend Himaloya. And him as someone who we think really, we, we're talking to her because she lives this out well. She's someone, she's taken steps to become a counselor, but it's really out of her life that she is someone who values relationships and doesn't let things go and is willing to fight for real peace. And so we just, we're going to talk to her here and get some thoughts from Hema. Okay, Hema. So here we're doing a little FaceTime call. Emma. Hey, Emma. Hi, guys. Hey. hey. Adjust this a little bit. There you go. There we go. Kind of. I feel like I'm just a floating head. Yeah. There, there, that's a nice, nice shot right there. There you go. Perfect. Good. Good to see you. Yeah, it's nice to kind of sort of see you. <laughs> well, we see you and. You look great, and we're excited to hear from you. So we have a couple questions. We need your relational insight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I want to ask you, what are the best qualities of Christian relationships, Christian community you've experienced? What are the best sure. qualities? I'm sorry? What are the best qualities you've experienced? Okay, so I think by far um, the best qualities um, that I have experienced through Christian community has been real um, real vulnerability, um, accountability, and unconditional love. And I think out of those three, the one that like has really impacted my life has been accountability because for me, I mean, accountability is hard. It's something that's really hard, but it's also something that is super necessary for growth, not only as a person, but also as a follower of Christ. And so I've learned to honor people um, through accountability and to, I've learned to be real with my heart, um, but also it's helped me be a person of my word. That's great. And those are all things we all want. But we think we can except do it on when our... it comes time for that accountability. Right, except I don't want to be vulnerable with you. So those are great. It takes another person in our life to grow. Yeah, right. 
So, you know, that all we're talking about, yeah, there's like, we all want that. We all want the great relationships, but it's hard to get there. So my next question is, what have been the biggest challenges for you Ooh. in your relationships? Uh-oh. Oh. No names. Yeah, no, no names. No, yeah, that's right. First time I met Hema, just, I can't resist the story. She was, um, her older sister Jenny had come to Manhattan and was part of Bluemont. And then I'd met Hema and she came here as a college freshman and she just felt like my little sister already. I don't know. And I have two little sisters. So we were at this nation to nation small group and just the like big brother teasing thing came over me and I pulled the chair out from under her and she sat down on the floor and she's thinking, Who, this is the pastor here? What? And I just, I repented, but there we got, we worked through some stuff. So hopefully yeah. that's not the hardest thing, or hopefully that is the hardest thing you've had to work through. No, yeah. Yeah, that was hard, Jonathan. I know, I know. <laughs> I feel it really like was. sweet chat on my butt. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, this is, this is, this is the pastor? Like, what? <laughs> what is happening? Oh, yeah, no, man. I think we overcame that, which I'm glad. Yes. But yeah, I think the biggest challenge that I've faced in my relationships has definitely like definitely has to be my own personal pride and i'm not just talking about like the pride of not you know saying that i'm wrong but it's more like the pride of being honest with what i'm feeling mm -hmm. or um it, it's the pride of accepting that someone has hurt me or offended me and communicating that because uh believe it or not when you're offended or hurt by someone and you don't communicate to communicate that to them. You're actually taking away the um, opportunity for them to to right their wrong or to let to let you know like where they they stand on that. And so you're choosing emotion and a feeling over going straight to the source. And so for me, that was probably the hardest thing um, is being honest with myself and not being prideful and being like, no, I'm not hurt. I'm, I'm fine, but like going to that person and being like, hey, you hurt mm -hmm. me and this is how I'm feeling. And so not being prideful, like protecting my own feelings or my hurt, but being, you know, humble and going to that person and saying, I'm hurt with you. Like, let's figure this out. Like, mm -hmm. did you mean to hurt me? Did you not mean to hurt me? That's great. I think I love how you mentioned that that's pride because a lot of times we don't know that that's really in our heart. And it, I think it's good to be challenged. Okay, well, maybe that is pride. Put a name to it. So then I can kind of overcome or choose humility. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's good to put a name to that roadblock in our heart of wanting to interact with somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a higher degree of emotional intelligence and awareness to, to do that. Mm -hmm. To recognize <laughs> yeah. what's in me. Right. So tell us, Hema, what is something you've learned that's made a big positive difference? Hmm. Yeah, and I, okay, so the people who know me are probably tired and <laughs> sick and tired of hearing this, but the, the word that comes to my mind is honor, and I think I kind of mentioned it a little bit ago, but honor is something really big that I've learned that makes like a big difference, and I used to not really know what honoring meant, but when honor actually means respect and cherish. And so if you're respecting someone and you're talking to them, then you're honoring them. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned 
that has made all the difference in my relationships has been to cherish that relationship enough mm. to like go to them and talk to them, you know, honor them in that way. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's this verse, it's, um, let's see, it's Roman 12, Romans 12, 10, and it says, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourself. And for me, what that meant was, okay, I am hurt. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. But at the same time, like I would want someone to honor me and love me the same way that I'm going to love them or mm. to be loved in the same way that I want that. Sorry, I got mad. Yeah. <laughs> but to be, to, so love someone the way that you would want to be loved. So mm-hmm. if you're hurting, you'd want someone to know you're hurting and vice versa. And so that's kind of the thing that stuck out that has um, been a big difference in my life is just choosing um, to honor someone the way that I would want to be honored and known. That's really great. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, we tend to just not love the person and want to self protect mm-hmm. and well, I'm going to kind of reject that person and protect my heart. And I think you're, that's yeah. so good. It's not really loving somebody. It's really loving ourselves more than the other person. Mm-hmm. And when we have a difference of opinion or difference of desire or hurt or we're just annoyed at somebody, mm-hmm. it, we don't, we tend to devalue them. We tend to see the mm-hmm. negatives or even imagine negatives about them. But when we come back to, wait, this is an image bearer of God. This is a valuable person. It changes everything in our hearts and our relationship. Great. Emma, so good. So good to see you. Wise words. Looking forward to you being a counselor and we can all go (laughs) visit Emma in a couple of years. Come on over. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. Bye, Emma. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. That's great. I think she hit on a lot of points that Mm -hmm. are good and challenging. I was thinking about her whole you know, choosing humility, recognizing that there's pride. Um, There's a verse in Colossians that I want to read that really touches on what she's talked about. It's Colossians 3, 12 to 13, and it says, So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. So I think, I really like this verse. I love how it says, if you have complaints against each other, I mean, more than likely, we're kind of having complaints against our housemates, Mm -hmm. you know, against just people out there. So it kind of feels like we're bearing with each other. And, you know, when we're in pain, I think like we get kind of mean, we kind of get short Mm -hmm. with each other and we don't give each other slack. Like if I'm in physical pain or emotional pain, like the last thing I want to do is be compassionate and kind to somebody. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all probably in a lot of emotional pain right now, financial pain, emotional pain, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just like, right. Everything's ratcheted up. Right. Right. And so I feel like. Uh, like we talked last week, like a little swampy or like, Mm -hmm. I just don't have this big well of kindness and goodness pouring out of me, you know? Uh And, um, but it's interesting because in Colossians it says, um, put on a heart of compassion. Mm 
Mm. So I think what compassion is, is like the assumption of goodwill. You know, that mm -hmm. giving slack to somebody, assuming goodwill and believing the best about somebody's intentions and motives rather than giving into the accusations about them coming out of like your pain or misunderstanding of who they are, what they're doing. I think we forget that maybe the other person is in pain. You know, we just kind of think about our pain, but mm -hmm. we forget, oh, maybe they're kind of in pain. Maybe. Or maybe I'm making them be in pain right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe everything's not going well with them and I should give them some goodwill, extend that compassion, put on a heart of compassion mm -hmm. and not be like all judgy in my mind toward them, you know, and just rah, rah, but really give slack. Right. So another word that came up from Colossians is, um, you know, just how the Lord forgave me. And mm -hmm. I think of like being, discovering somebody just being curious about somebody again, not like holding judgment against somebody just because they're different than I am. Um, mm. like my heart wants to discover what they're thinking, not assuming, well, because you're different, you're wrong. And so I don't really want to listen to you, but mm. having compassion, having kindness, remembering that Jesus forgave me, then I can approach you with, well, you're different than me. But that means you're an image bearer of God. You have something to bring to the table. You have something that I can receive and it might be different, but I want to be curious. I want to kind of understand you and not mm -hmm. be quick to judge you and, you know, think you're wrong because you're different than me. Mm -hmm. Which again goes back to the valuing and honoring of somebody. Right. That I like how you connected that to Jesus forgiving us because Jesus had every reason to, to, throw the book at us because of our sin, but he still saw a value in us beyond those things mm -hmm. and was willing to forgive us and to pull out who he really made us to be. And I think that curiosity is, is good because when we're to say, okay, wait, there's something here. I'm not, it's different than me, but okay, let me value them and then dig in a little bit and pull out what am I, what's, di what's in you that's different mm -hmm. than me, but it's actually really, really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so if we can have compassion and be curious, those two things, I think, can help us through this isolation, relational difficulty. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Well, thanks. We're going to hear from our next guest here, our friend, Coach Buddy Wyatt. Buddy's a native of Texas, but he's been here in the Little Apple for almost the last year. He's finishing up his first year as a defensive ends coach for the K-State football team. And he's got a, about 25 plus year um, experience coaching college football. So he's been, he's, done, he's been around teams a lot and has worked through a lot of issues of how to come together, how to overcome differences, how to, how to deal with adversity and challenges. So we're excited to hear from our good friend, Buddy, um, calling him up here. While we're calling him, just want to let everybody know he makes great ribs. The best, best ribs I've ever had. We're made by Buddy Wyatt, so hey, just good morning. Throw that out there, yeah. Hello, hey, Hello. good morning. Good I'm to see you, Coach. Good, good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us here. It's really good to see you. Really, really good to be with you. And 
we, we know you've got a lot of experience here when it comes to, to teamwork and, and working together. So we'll just dig right into this. Um, well, first, just like, give me this. What's your, what's your top experience living in Manhattan this last year? What do you, what do you like about the Little Apple? Oh, well, the people, you know, I, I really do. I, I mean, when, you know, I've been uh, in Manhattan a few times, but I was on opposing teams. <laughs> and when you come in here, you see family uh, signs that have a lot of things to do with family. And yeah. you know, that was one thing that I really uh, uh, was impressed with. They don't only talk about family. It, they, they're all about family with the athletic department and, and uh, with the university and also with the, the, the community, man, that, that, that's been impressive to me. Well, so glad that's what your experience has been. That's, that's what we like to hear for sure. So, well, in your, in your uh, experience as a coach and um, people coming and seeing guys come together as a team, what, in your book, what are the top one or two qualities of somebody who's a good teammate, who really brings that about? You know, there's a there's a lot of lot of qualities uh, that, that makes up a good teammate. Yeah, you can you can talk about leadership. You can talk about work ethic. Uh, but the, the 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 one that the number one thing to me is communication, hmm. uh, because communication is so important um, as far as getting your ideas over across to to the team and and also the team uh, getting the their ideas and envision across to their teammates mm -hmm. um, you know that to me that, that's how you uh, that's how you get the information out that's how um, you know you express yourself um, and those things are important when it comes when you're a part of a team um, and yeah. also uh, a lot of times Jonathan I think you know that obviously there's there's two forms of, of, of communication there, there's verbal communication that's using your words to express yourself and then and then there's also uh, nonverbal communication, uh, and that's your body language, the tone in which you deliver the deliver your message. Uh -huh. and, and I think a lot of times it, it's it's not only important what you say, but how you say it. Um, you know, and, and so as coaches and, and you as the pastor of church, sometimes you know we have to say things that a little harsher than, than uh -huh. <laughs> you know, you know, to get that point across. Right. But as a but as a teammate, as a team player, I think uh, we need to be careful as a teammate and, and not use words that uh, that bring people down. And we need to use words that lift people up uh -huh. as a teammate. So, to me, um, your communication, the way you communicate, uh, will help a team. Will help your teammates. What you can help them develop their skills by encouragement. Um, and also, it also helps uh, establish the culture in which you're trying to set. Yeah, so good, so good, good. Um, and you were talking, we were talking about this a little bit yesterday, and I, one thing that stood out to me is, because you were talking about being a coach, being a pastor, being a teammate, and really everyone's a teammate, like, you know, no matter what your role, and you were talking about how Coach Kleinman, one thing he really appreciated is he, he really, uh, how did you say it? He cares about his players and just, just kind of pulls that out of them, that sense that you matter on this team. Yeah, he, he, gives, he gives the players some ownership to, yeah. to them. And, um, and it's his philosophy that, 
the more that uh, the more ownership they have, the more they care, and uh, the harder they work. Yeah, that's so good. Good. Any other um, any other quality you'd like to throw out while we got you here? Sure. Uh, you know, I also think that trust and commitment uh -huh. are, are important, um, especially when you're dealing with a team and you have a lot of people. You have to have a vision. You know, there has to be a vision, and everybody has to trust and believe that uh, in that vision, and then they have to trust in the process that's going allow you to achieve that that vision mm -hmm. so to me that that's important uh, as well and then the commitment um, is important because we all know we always have goals in this football we always have goals to win the championship mm -hmm. that's our goal whether it's the big 12 championship whether it's the national championship our goal is to win but there are times when sometimes things don't go the way you plan <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, you need to have you need to know that your team is committed uh, to, to to working each and every day and doing everything that they can do possibly do to be the best that they can be. Mm -hmm. and, and we have a, we have a, we have a saying in our in our uh, program is that you know we we work we don't we're not result based we're process based. So what that means is that we're gonna work every day and to do what we can to be the best we can, hmm. uh, one day at a time. We call it we, one play at a time in football, but, uh, and, and, and also, we also try to teach more than just football, so it's mm -hmm. one day at a time, you're gonna try to be the best you can be on that day, and then, then go to the next day and be the best you can be on that day. Hmm. And when it's all said and done, and when it's over with, then you, can, then you can look at the scoreboard, in our case, and say, I did my best, we either won or we lost, but I know I did my best. Uh -huh. And so, to me, um, you have to have a commitment to do that. Um, and you have to make sure, you know, and when you do that, um, it's, it's, it's one thing that you can look, look, a guy, look a teammate in the eye and, and, and look a coach in the eye, or in my case, look a player in the eye, and, 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 and really, truly tell them, hey, I'm proud of you, I love you, um, you did everything you could. And uh, that's all we can ask. Mm -hmm. I love that. I just I'm sitting here thinking, man, if I I'd play for you, you know, as <laughs> someone bringing that and the way you're bringing it across, just like yeah, I want to be part of that. I want to come together. So mm -hmm. that's cool. Is there just in closing? Is there a team you've been part of that really exemplifies this, this these attributes and kind of the, the experience? You know, not just the the what to do, but when that happens, what's it like and the 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 joy of being part of a team walking together like that. You know, I tell you what, I, this team. This is our first year at Kansas State. Uh, the, our coaching staff, and I don't know if it was because uh, last year I, I, I was out of coaching. Okay. Um, this team, uh, to me, was a pleasure to coach. It was a pleasure to go to work every day. It was a pleasure to work with these guys because you could really and truly see that they care for one another, hmm. that they really love one another. Wow. Uh, and and it, it, it was a culture that was established uh, before we got here, hmm. um, but we can really, we can really, really tell hmm. uh, that these kids really care for each other. And because of that, we were able to win some games that we probably shouldn't have won. And, <laughs> and obviously, we lost something that we probably should have won. Yeah, that's <laughs> always the frustrating part. 
But I think because how close this group was, um, really it made it a special season. Oh, we're yeah. not the most talented group, but these kids played hard and they cared for one another. Oh, it's neat. Great. And from the outside, it was, you know, the story was you guys had your backs up against the wall. Things weren't looking good at one point. And then the team really came together and surprised people. But it's cool to hear that behind all that were these guys that really cared about each other and the team, something bigger than themselves. Yeah, the one thing, Jonathan, that, that you know, we never changed as a coaching staff. We approached every day the same. And I think the kids did the same thing. Uh -huh. um, you know, and so, you know, it's just like you – it don't matter what happens. You just you just keep on working, keep on plugging away, and uh, if you're doing it the right way, then things then the right things are gonna happen. Yeah, so good, mm -hmm. so great. good. Well, we could talk for hours, but we probably gotta gotta let you move on here. And but so good. Thank you so much for your That's your wisdom, great. your heart. Yeah, I really appreciate uh -huh. it. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. All right, sounds good. Bye. Go cats. <laughs> I love that because I it seems like wow that's the first time I've ever heard you say like, <laughs> you listen to a, a football coach and you love it I love it. football <laughs> um, I think like we don't know what today will bring what tomorrow will bring but I love the idea of being consistent and just bringing your best for that day uh -huh. and then over the long haul you'll see results or you know maybe even if you don't you know okay well today I gave of myself I really you know built a, built a relationship came with you know trust and mm -hmm. humility and teamwork and mm -hmm. the next day I'll do that and then the next day I'll do that and then keep doing it even if things change around us I'm consistently bringing who I am mm -hmm. and loving and trusting and building something. Yeah, so good. Well, we wanna, uh, just one more truth I wanna talk about here before we go back to our, our praise and worship time. And, and this is, I feel like, kind of the nitty gritty that I, it's really in my heart today to talk about this because I think we can talk about a lot of ideas about relationships, but it really has to come down to this nitty gritty. Um, but as, as I talk about that, if you do have any questions about walking together, how to walk together, send those in, and we'll, we'll take a minute to address those, talk about those as well. Maybe. Um, yes. <laughs> or we'll have him not answer them. That's right. We'll call him back. <laughs> or, or, or Coach Wyatt. Um, but we've, kind of, we've talked about this throughout this discussion, but there's the theme throughout Scripture when it comes to our relationships of being assertive and taking responsibility to be a peacemaker. For, okay, what can I do for us to walk together? And in Luke 17, Jesus gives a little more detail about how this plays out, what this looks like. And in Luke 17, 3 through 5, Jesus is talking and he says, So watch yourselves. So he's like, Hey, this is important. Listen up. If your brother sins against you, and it's only not a matter of if, it's a matter of when <laughs> your brother sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. So if we can step back from you know, just the words on, on the screen or paper, and imagine the scenario here. It's, it's two brothers, two, you know, it's interesting that believers are called brothers and sisters. Um, if they sin against you, your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And... 
Oh, now there are a lot of times the Bible we're told over and over again to forgive and forgiveness is not we don't always we oftentimes don't need to tell somebody we forgive them it's just something we need to do internally and that's the best thing for the relationship but this so that's that we that's that's all throughout the scripture but this is a scenario where and I, I think these are like it's a closer relationship and maybe a little more of an issue that came up and Jesus says hey if your brother or sister sins against you Sometimes you need to rebuke them. Like if, if it's an actual sin, if they're violating God's commands and God's ways, it's the way to make peace is not just to sweep it under the rug, but you need to go to them and say, hey, this is what happened, this is what you did. And that accountability that, that Hannah was talking about. And, um, and then there's forgiveness. And then there's like, oh shoot, but you did it again. <laughs> and there's this like relationship where we have to enter in and be in the, in the nitty gritty of the messiness of it and being honest about what we see and what's going on internally and being committed to working it out. Mm -hmm. Being committed to like, not just avoiding conflict, but talking about what's really going on and looking to God and his ways and then coming to a place of alignment around King Jesus and what he says. Yeah, I think it's interesting how many times a person sins and it seems like uh -huh. it's always like those same things. You know, I know mm -hmm. between us, like it's always like the same common things that keep coming up where we continually sin against each other, hurt each other, you don't have to talk through things. And because those, those tend to be our deepest issues, mm -hmm. like our most entrenched habits and ways of doing things that haven't been transformed yet. And they're often the things that are the most irritating to other <laughs> people too, especially when we're not changing very uh -huh. quickly. Uh -huh. So yeah, so it's hard. Um, but we're, com we're commanded, God, Jesus says, hey, you need to get in there. And walk it out. And I love how the, the disciples respond to this in verse 5. It says, The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Oi. <laughs> yeah. They're like, No way. How can I do this? This is too much. And I, I know this brother, this sister. Like, I got to keep forgiving them, keep staying in there. I can't do that. You got you to, you got, yeah. And that's the reality. We can't do this through our natural ability. But God, increase our faith and bring more of your grace and your spirit into our lives mm -hmm. so that we can live this out. Yeah, it's really the kind of community we want to be. Uh -huh. And it takes us engaging, working it out, coming, believing God, loving each other, day in, day out. Yeah, right. And that's the kind of community that, that we want to be. It's the kind of church that God is committed to raising up. People who are walking together, who are working through things, coming together. And then out of that, not only experiencing a better life, which we do, but then also bringing solutions to the world around us and people around us. Mm -hmm. And so, really the questions, um, and we want to leave with a couple of questions okay. for us to, to, to ask ourselves. And so, first question is this, is who is God calling me to walk with? There are divinely orchestrated relationships. There are people, it's probably right now, probably your roommates, if you have them, family members maybe. Um, it's that there are divine relationships that God puts in our life and it's, just, it's really important that we walk with those people. So first identify who are the people God's called me to walk with. Um, second question is, is there a place in my life where I need to replace my pride with humility and teachability. 
is there a place? Yeah. Or, you know, which <laughs> place is right places? now? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where Where is the pride in my life where I need to, to go to God and replace that with teachability and humility? And, and then finally, is there or where is there an unworked out issue relationally where, I'm, where I need to obey Jesus and work it out with somebody around me? So who are the people in my life? Where is their pride that needs to be replaced? And what issues, what issue or issues is God calling me to address right now? Great. Yeah. Um, you want us to pray? Sure. Ask, ask God to help us all sure. in that. Okay. So Jesus, we want to walk with you first and foremost, knowing your love, receiving it, and help us to walk with others then. Um, loving others, being compassionate and curious and walking in humility and as a team. Um, trusting each other and living together day by day, Jesus. Help us to be that people who you've called your church to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.